From all corners of the globe to your ears, it's the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Sometimes informative, sometimes controversial, but always unpredictable. It's the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast with your hosts, Hunter, John, and Stu. And now, on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Midnight Movie Cowboys for this week, week two of Monsters Month. I uh, got the gang all back and joined again once by Garrow. Thank you, my friend. Hello. <laughs> the the uh, pitchforks and uh, torches that were in uh, you know, Frankenstein were the ones that have actually come after Garrow after last week's episode. <laughs> anyway. Uh, actually, so... I, I, I actually, before you, after you introduce the other two, I actually want to bring up something I forgot to bring up uh, last week about the brian singer one so you, oh, yeah. you finish introducing them all right then okay yeah. so anyway uh joining us joining me uh is co-host 12 year co-host as of yesterday unreal as of the point in time of this Crazy. recording that is on freaking real so yeah i i wanted to actually call uh our 12 year anniversary episode 12 years of podcast slave because uh, that's what it feels like, man. Just thousands of hours we've put in for this friggin' thing. But uh, anyway, yes. down in uh, Dallas, Texas, over that way, is Mr. Hunter Doozing. Sans Hello. Charlie Bonanti mustache. Yeah. Has it's been gone. for a while, but I didn't bring it up. Anyway, yeah. uh, slumped in his couch, as always. Enthusiastic, as always, over that way, is John Grace in Denver, Colorado. Howdy, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And over in Florida, over that that way, oh, is it backwards, is Mr. Garo Nagosian, the Armenian madman. Yes. And uh, let's get right into uh, the Brian Singer thing that I forgot. Is If you noticed in the episode, like it was very fetishized how they had... Uh, you know, uh, Eddie in a Boy Scout outfit almost through the entire episode. And he wasn't in the Boy Scout outfit. He was in like, uh, he was nude. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think it's like, we kind of forgot that part about how creepy it was. That it's just like the kind of fetishizing of him. In no, like, we, and I did, I didn't. did, I did look. We it, didn't figure I did. Uh, yeah, but it was not brought up. And I want to also mention that I actually researched to see if there was ever an episode of the Munsters where Eddie Munster wore a Boy Scout uniform. Doesn't exist. So this was all in their own creepy imagination, you know, uh, for that for that one episode. Yeah. Imagine how much creepier it would have gotten if it went to like 13. Hunter's bailed already. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It would have been like a uh, Eddie Izzard, Brian Singer, Robin Tug, writing session i guess anyway enough about that uh, we've scared off everyone <laughs> that brian singer <laughs> that monster thing he did just gained too much traction it was so freaking bad it should have gotten nothing more than the discussion last week i've i've been telling people that it exists and they're they're shocked and when i tell them yeah jerry o'connell's herman munster and he's just got a big scar around his neck they just look at me and you know, you can see a little bit of them 
die inside. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. it just the pitch is just so bad. Well, I, I'm the opposite to you. It doesn't exist. It yeah. may exist out in the ether, but it doesn't exist. It is not canon at all. That thing. So no. bad. I don't think anything. It's like Superman Returns. That's... Everybody forgets that exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't yeah. think anything without Fred Gwynn is canon, to be perfectly honest. I think my cousin Vinny is more canon for the monsters than the Brian Singer. I actually, I actually think Pet Cemetery is the prequel to the monsters. <laughs> That's the origin story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the origin story that Rob Zombie's trying to steal. Like, it's just been a while and he's lost his main accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, I we want to go need down that road. Gosh, I'm a <laughs> Why does he sound like Jim Garrison fool? Yeah. <laughs> the theme song to that movie sounds like the Ramones. Because <laughs> it is. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, week two, Monsters Month. We are talking about, as we said we would, Monster Go Home from 1966. Gara, you brought up an interesting point last week. You said that the television show that killed off the monsters was Batman. Yep. And the film, theatrically, that, well, did a lot more business than this was... Batman. Batman. Yeah. Yep. And Batman is referenced in this film. Yep. And so is Car 54. Where are you? It's, it is. Yep. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. That had to be a um, a joke written by, or, you know, uh, you know, suggested by Al Lewis or Fred Gwynn, for sure. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, who had seen this before? Many, I'm many pretty times. Sure. I th- it's one of those I saw it on TV and, you know, I was p- popping in the disc and I remember the, the Herman racing, the Dragula stuff, but I also noticed Monster's Revenge on the disc and I was like, I, and I remember watching that one too on television. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I remember seeing this. It, I don't remember it that well because I was a little kid, so it was good to watch it again. You're talking about this one? I- I've got the uh, I have it on the Monsters Complete series. Oh, set. okay. Yep. And I had seen bits and pieces of it on TV when I was a kid, but I'd, I've never seen the whole movie. Oh, John. Yeah. Uh, multiple times when I was a little kid, like back in the late seventies, early eighties, it was a very standard weekend feature on uh, UHF channels. Okay. And the Superstation WTBS back when it showed old movies. All right. Well, uh, I obviously have seen this. I can't think how many times. <laughs> it's got to be hitting up near 35 or 40 times I've seen this, which is um, not a great deal, considering I've seen uh, Monster Revenge, I think, about 100, without a joke. <laughs> I've literally seen that thing 100 times. I'll, we'll get into that more next week. You're going to be doing those numbers on the Rob Zombie one, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, yes. Um, I think, but just take away the two zeros. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what I did do this time around is something I haven't done before, is I watched it in black and white. 
What? Thought, yeah. So I drained the color on my uh, 4K TV, which, no, I'm not bragging. 4K TVs are freaking everywhere these days, so I'm not uh, big noting myself. But this Blu-ray here is a damn good release. If you can get your hands on it uh, by Shut Factory, I'd say pick it up. Um, Monster Go Home looks fantastic in HD. It's had a really good restoration job on it. And um, one of the special features on there is uh, the Monster's Revenge in HD, which, um, wow, didn't expect that. And that was the tipping point for me to buy this thing, uh, along with the Rob Zombie commentary with Butch Patrick <laughs> on there, which uh, I nearly did listen to today, but I thought I just couldn't stomach listen to that, man. Not today. So that's real? It's he, there's a there's a commentary with him on there? Bonus feature film. Um, new audio commentary with actor Butch Patrick and filmmaker recording artist Rob Zombie. We would like oh to argue the gosh. filmmaking credit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Noted filmmaker Rob Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a universal We all know that's push. what he's primarily known for. Oh. Yeah. You know, speaking of Rob Zombie... Which uh, we haven't done for about two minutes. <laughs> I went back and listened to, um, not all of, but a lot of the box set that you've got, Hunter. The um, it came from NYC, the early White Zombie stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, is that a fucking train wreck? That band. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Those, yeah. It's, they sound like Sonic Youth. They are uh, Rob Zombie. Okay, he's not. And he's not Robert Plant, let's say that much. But <laughs> he's Robert he's, Cummings on most of those. Yeah, a striker as well in <laughs> some of it. Which, gee, I wonder oh, yeah, where he yeah. got that name from. Those, what's that first album or EP they did? Was it Pig Heaven or something like that? Well, Pig Heaven's one of the songs on there. I don't know. Um, uh, it I starts think, to get the towards the end of that set is where it starts to sound more like white zombie. You it, know, it's when it gets to that seven inch, that God of Thunder seven inch. That, yeah. That's when he starts sounding like white zombie. And the thing before it, I think it was um, uh, the album just before that they started to form that sound. But anyway, the earlier recordings before that, that band was shit. They were just yeah, they, awful. They were they were one of those no wave bands you'd see in like Abel Ferrara's Driller Killer. Yeah, you Most know like... they were they were one of those type of bands, you know. And um, it it made me draw parallels between Pantera and White Zombie. Got a whole bunch of early recordings, but boy, don't those things not exist. Hey, Pantera's early stuff is the glam Terra stuff is the best. Hell no, it's not. <laughs> Power metal. That's that band peaked with power that, metal. That album is okay, but it's uh, Judas. We we love Judas Priest, aka Power Metal. Uh, but the early that, album, the sucked. album cover, no, metal no, Magic. That cover, that's garbage. <laughs> and the and songs like uh, nothing on but the radio. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> hopeless. No, hopeless. The- yeah, the album I was thinking of is "Make Them Die Slowly." That's it. That one. That yeah. one's where they start sounding like White Zombie. Yeah, but um, um oof, man, those like uh, Soul Crusher. You know that stuff. It's a little more like Rob kind of has a higher pitched voice. 
Um, he said they 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 have this sonic youth. No wave sound. It's just new. he sounds like he hasn't hit puberty. He don't. He doesn't. He sounds like a prepubescent boy. He's built like Natalie Portman. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Gareth to say he still hasn't hit puberty yet. <laughs> no. no, no, you've got that big beard. He's, he's went through puberty. He has. Oh okay. yeah, just the other week. Yeah. Hey, yeah. did you hear? Did I found this out the other day? That do you know if Rob Zombie and Cherry Moon Zombie had a baby now? the odds of it being retarded would be higher because of their advanced age. (laughs) Well, yeah, it would look like, uh, actually it would look like Butch Patrick as Eddie Munster and they'd be happy. They'd be in the utopia because that's what they wanted. They want a little wolf man. But yeah, I found that interesting. Yeah. Well, they want, they want their kid to be like the dude before Butch Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that's how it, yeah. that's how it would one act. is just like ah ah I love making die slowly. It's my favorite white zombie album. Ah! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they he want would, to put the child have, like, on a leash. Yeah, if 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 they had little uh, Eddie Munster in their Munsters movie, uh, you know, which may may you know maybe that's a reveal for the end. He'd have like the kiss posters. And he'd have like the uh, Leonard Skinnerd posters and uh, Fog yeah, Hat, Nazareth. Fog Hat, yeah, Nazareth. Yeah. You know, hair of the dog. Yeah, <laughs> it would be all that stuff. You know, Ramones. on his wall and Sam Hain. Yeah, yeah. Sam Hain. <laughs> <laughs> I was He's actually got watching Danzig covered in blood. <laughs> the kid be walking around with an initium t-shirt on it's like oh man he's got the I, devil like no that's what he would do eddie munster would have the devil lock oh you know it you know it's, he'd look yeah. like jerry only like <laughs> yeah because in a in a perfect world all kids walk around with devil lock haircuts don't they yeah <laughs> Munster go home okay yeah from 1966. Uh, just keep talking more Rob Zombie for the moment, please, boys, while I bring this up on um, IMDb for the cast. Well, you know, we all know that this new movie is not going to be as good as Monster Go Home. We can all just assume that. You know well, what? I think I think we, we should do. This is what we should do. Next week, this is homework, okay? Next week, at the end of the show... We review Rob Zombie's monsters without seeing it. Like we actually tell you, say what what we would rate it and why we would rate it, and then we can see how correct we are when we uh, on the episode where we review it. I've got a bad feeling. I think out of the four of us, I'm going to turn around and say it wasn't that bad. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I, I, to... I I think you have the highest likelihood of liking it. I think so. I mean, I gave um. Should I gave three from hell? I think six and a half, which is above. Yeah. I, you, I thought you gave. I do. I remember you giving it a ten because anything above <laughs> two for that movie, it, it just. I just hear ten. It just seems unreasonable. It just yeah. seems hyperbolic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just can't. We we I it any anything above that just it. I don't know. All right. It makes no sense. Okay, before we get the months to go home, which I will bring up in a second with cast and crew why is rob zombie and the the answer can't be 
because he's an inept filmmaker. Why is Rob Zombie so beaten upon as a filmmaker? Because he's a horrible screenwriter. That's it. That's <laughs> that what, what it comes is? down to. Yep. I mean, he's not a bad director per se. Okay. But it's the the writing that he's horrible at. Like if he was actually directing someone else's script, he might actually make a good to great movie. But as long as he has a hand in writing it, he's going to keep making shit. Yeah. It's the auteur problem. He won't direct another person's script because he gets those deals to write and direct. And that's a big mistake. And it's something that, you know, I've, there's a lot of directors who, even if they don't write their own stuff, they want that sole credit and they'll pay someone off to get it or they'll edge someone out. Like Mike Chimino. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. (laughs) Tarantino Uh, with uh, Roger Avery. Oh yeah, Roger Avery yep, was yep. total. His contributions to Pulp Fiction were very minimized. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a story credit, and he, you know, a lot of that script is his. You know? um, yeah, pretty much the whole mid part with Bruce Willis is his. Yeah, that's that's yeah. all Roger. Um, and uh, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda they fell out over the screenwriting credit for Easy Rider. You know? Oh uh-huh. well, yeah. Yep. Uh, Peter Fonda said Hopper never spoke to him after that. Sued him a bunch of times. Oh, boy. And, uh, Good he said he wanted to still, he said he wanted to do more stuff with him, but Hopper was burned up over the credits for that. So. The uh, Vinnie Vincent effect is. Well, it's just there's some people love that auteur. They love to be the guy, the the creative genius, you know. They want to create that image for themselves. Speaking of all tours, I was watching a uh, Vice piece on Jerry Lewis, and uh, boy, did that sucker get me too a lot after he <laughs> cocked it. Holy shit. Yeah, he's, there's been a lot of stuff coming out about him lately. Mm. Um, yeah. He yelled at a friend of mine. Like, I have a, <laughs> I, I have, I have a, I, my friend is Betsy Sherman. She used to write for the Boston Globe. She's the one who had who came up with the uh, the for Shakes a Clown, the Citizen Kane of alcoholic clown movies. That was oh, her yeah. review. Oh great! Um, and uh, she went to go interview uh, Jerry Lewis when he was on doing Damn Yankees uh, on Broadway, and uh, he just started yelling at her until she cried. She was supposed to interview him, mm-hmm. and during the interview, he just started yelling at her and she started crying and left. She still well, was a huge Jerry Lewis fan afterwards. Still a huge Jerry Lewis fan. It's kind of a badge of honor to be to be yelled at, I guess, by Jerry Lewis. Yeah, I remember <laughs> he was doing that uh, interview before he... It was like one of the last things I remember him doing before he died, where he was part, being interviewed as part of a series on nonagenarian uh, people working in Hollywood. And he was just giving the the interviewer the hardest time. <laughs> what was Vegas like when you came there? I don't know. Was it like a dusty cow town? Yeah, it's a dusty cow town. Have you guys uh, how's seen it, it changed? It's the same. <laughs> There's a video up on YouTube of a, a guy, a young guy, uh, Jerry Lewis on stage, and the young guy gets pulled up on stage. He's heckling Jerry or something, and the guy says something about, oh, he... He wants to sing a song, and he starts singing that song that Jerry Lewis would sing at the end of Indy, every muscular dystrophy <laughs> telethon. The, the Jerry's Jerry game. slaps him and gets him off the stage. <laughs> 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 oh, 
What was it? Did you ever see that thing where Martin Short was Jerry Lewis? It, Martin Scorsese presents Jerry Lewis on the Champs d'Elysees. <laughs> oh gosh, if you haven't seen that, look it up. On oh, he does the typewriter routine live. I remember that. Yeah. And then the, all the French guys are going, "He's a genius! genius. He's a genius!" Oh, the French loved him. Holy oh yeah. You know, uh, what was it? One of our listeners, Anson Matthews, was turning me on to Pierre Etax, uh, the French comedian. And uh, apparently Jerry Lewis was a huge fan of his and put him in The Day the Clown Cried, which we all know that that movie has has uh, gone on to be seen by many people. I was actually speaking to one of my sons about that on Sunday. Yeah. We will come back from the record fair and he, we were talking about... Um, films that were unreleased and he goes oh what about that jerry lewis clown one i saw the daily clown cry he goes yeah, yeah it's coming out in 2025 i say that thing ain't coming out boy it's <laughs> it's it's buried because oh, it'll probably be the jerry lewis estate's gonna release it in 25 i said yeah. it ain't coming out <laughs> i think it'll be still be better than Batgirl. I'm, I'm going on record yeah. for saying that well when <laughs> when Batgirl got shelved everybody was going oh this is un this has never happened before. I was going, really? Like, mm. Happened a bunch of times. Yeah, studios <laughs> have gone times. like, we'll we'll get the tax write off. This thing sucks. You know, like we're not we're not spending money any more money on this thing. It's a dog with fleas. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And oh, with the Batgirl thing, it was just came down to they thought it hurt the DC brand. They didn't want no friggin' bitch Batgirl. Who wants that? <laughs> Unless it's like. Unless it's like some fucking like you know movie's gonna play on Skinamax or something like that. <laughs> but what well, was it? You know. Somebody, uh, I think Lorez was saying Michael Keaton said no to Batman Forever, but said yes to mm-hmm. this. <laughs> I think he's um, seen it. I think he got a copy. Ugh. Really? Yeah. Well, he he at least put up a meme that made it look like he had a copy. Somehow he, I don't know if he faked it or he actually has a print because i think i think there's a copy going around he had a blank disc with batgirl unreleased written on it he was just but it looked like he it. had the movie oh really yeah, it looked it was a frame from it or still and it looked like a time code or whatever but he, he might have it who knows someone's gonna leak it you know one of those people that work on oh, yeah. it who are proud of it are gonna are gonna release leak it and and it's gonna hit BitTorrent and everyone will see it and we'll be able to make our own decision. We'll probably have to yeah. do an episode on it. If it yeah, we'll we'll do one. Yeah. Um. Not that we endorse BitTorrent at all. Of no, we don't. No, it's horrible. Is. We hate it. <laughs> don't know it. what that is. Yeah. Oh, it's you know, it's the worst thing ever. I I believe anybody who uses Rob BG should be locked up. Listen, and, uh, it goes BitTorrent, Joe Biden. That's the way it goes <laughs> for things that are horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Monster Go Home, you got it pulled up, Stu? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, Monster Go Home from 1966. Uh, synopsis. Uh, the monsters travel to England after Herman discovers he's the new lord of, the, of Monster Hall. The fifth Earl of Shroudshire. All right. Directed by Earl Bellamy. Uh, writers Joe Connolly, Bob Mosher, which I thought that's the best metal name ever, Bob Mosher. Um, and <laughs> George Tibbles, starring uh, Fred Gwynn as Herman Munster, of course. The real Herman Munster. Not you, Jeff Daniel Phillips. 
uh, Yvonne DiCarlo as Lily Munster. Al Lewis as Grandpa. Butch Patrick as Eddie Munster, which uh, this picture here on IMDb of Butch Patrick makes him look like Tommy Lee, um, but mm, whatever. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Oof, boy. Uh, Debbie Watson as Marilyn Munster. I'll get to her in a moment. Uh, famed English comedian uh, Terry Thomas as Freddie Munster. Yes. Hermione Gingold as Lady Effigy Munster. Robert Pine as Roger Moresby. Bernard Fox, very famous English actor as well as Squire Lester Moresby. John Carradine as yep. Crookshank. Meowang. Uh, as the butler. Uh, Richard Dawson as Joey. Gene Arnold as Grace Munster. And Maria Leonard as Millie. The uh, barmaid. Oh, is she yes. just the barmaid? But, um... Yes. But, yeah. So, um, but, but uh, you mentioned Debbie Watson. You know, she... Again, mm. we've replaced Marilyn Munster. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just seems to be the uh, Spinal Tap drama routine. They just keep changing all the time. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But, I mean, we went with Beverly Owen for the first 13 episodes of the television series with Pat Priest for the remaining ones. Now to Debbie Watson, who, um, why Pat Priest wasn't called in for the same year that the Munsters finished, I don't know. John it's got any the insight? D Snyder. I'm you're too old. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they were expecting like was... this to be like the first of like 12 Munster movies. So they wanted to go younger. Yeah. Well, she was, that actress was under contract with Universal. And that meant they wanted to put her in movies like as, as much as they could. And they back then the attitude was they didn't care what the fans of the TV show thought. Like that wasn't important to studio executives. And also, can we bring back those uh, days? I, I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real. The uh, the purpose of the movie was uh, really for foreign audiences to be introduced to the monsters because they were going to try to syndicate the show around the world. In different markets and this movie was kind of designed as sort of a a vessel of promotion as it were or whatever so it was that they knew it wasn't going to be a huge hit in america i think that it was kind of a throwaway for universal universal was mainly known for uh making stuff for kids like other than their westerns they were mainly known for juvenile films and uh you know just stuff that it was kitty matinee stuff so what you're saying they were the marvel of their day yeah pretty much exactly yeah. Except they didn't expect to make a billion gazillion dollars and uh take over the entertainment industry with it. Yeah. What did you think of uh, Debbie Watson? I mean, uh, as Marilyn. Weak. Yeah. Did not like. Even since the first time I saw her, I thought she's just really stale. Um, I, yeah. as I said in the previous episode, I really like Beverly Owen. I thought she was great. She brought that. She's the uh, best one. I agree. And Pat Priest is fine, but yeah. she seemed just a bit too wholesome. Whereas Beverly Owen really suit. Debbie Watson just sticks out like an absolute sore thumb. I thought. I, I thought, thought it was I thought, too much. I thought they yeah. they like age wise, she was fine. You know, yes, she seemed like a teenage girl, but um. She just didn't, you know, when you sometimes when you recast these people who are so familiar with each other, somebody feels like the squeaky wheel when they're new. I don't know. That part yeah. didn't work so well. 
No. Garrow brought up a good point. Way too much Marilyn in this film. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Marilyn. You know, there's yeah. that big subplot with her and like the English guy that the she Chad. falls in love with. Yeah. And yeah. 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 It's just, it's a little like, you know, and I want to say <clears throat> the Munsters works best like 25 minutes in black and white because um, this does have some plots that don't go anywhere, but the stuff in this movie that's good is really good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so it, it justifies it. It it justifies it, I think. Uh, yeah. Even though it has some of those kind of subpar sitcom plot threads that you could have cut out. There was one thing, there was one line that was mentioned, which was never brought up in the original series, if I recall correctly, where they're on the ship and so anyway, um, it starts off with Homer Munster. He's getting a carpool lift home. He's laying in the back on a slate and he gets dragged out. One of the passers-by think he's a dead man and he gets up and the guy runs off. Good sight gag. Like Diana Heesh. Heesh. Yes. Uh, I'm guessing. Oh. I'm guessing you've listened to, although you haven't. You've listened to uh, Nez's pieces about Anne Heche, which um, I've heard. Oh man, <laughs> I saw the footage. It's disturbing. The yeah. the car speeding. Yeah. How no, long? No, she she no, rides on the out of the ambulance bay. Oh the wow! Gurney, really? Pops out of it. Shit. Yeah. It's creepy. I think she had an adrenaline surge and just kind of it was like a panic thing, but it's it's disturbing to see. Well, she ain't got it now. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Ouch. No, oh, she's long gone by the time this comes out, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you see actually just real quick, did you see Ellen DeGeneres' tweet about her death? Boy, you couldn't get any more disingenuous. Uh very sad day. <laughs> Feel sorry for the family. That was it. She's probably yeah. doing her buddy dance in the background going, ooh, yeah. The bitch is well, she's dead. Happy. She's happy because she's banging Lily Munster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah not that Lily Munster. That's right. Oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah. The worst Lily Munster. The, the, the clown from Victoria. Yeah, you represent Portia. Good on you. Um, so anyway, Herman uh, is, is uh, left... The entire uh, is be becomes Lord Munster. His uncle or something in England has died and left the, the entire state to Herman and the family. So they move over to they take a ship from America to England. Anyway, what I was getting at was on the ship there was the line uttered that there's never been brought up before, where uh, Herman says to Marilyn. Uh, you go find some nice boys. Don't let your unattractiveness put you off. <laughs> That's never been brought up before. It's been implied, but never spoken. And if not directly, not to Marilyn. I thought that was interesting. They went that way. Well, probably because yeah. it was a new new Marilyn, so they didn't care. It was just like, hey, you're unattractive. They tried to be nicer because they worked with the other one more. So we have to work with pat priest every week we can't say yeah. she's old or something like that. yeah <laughs> well, i moved. well i think it was to it was as an introduction of the concept to the foreign audiences that hadn't seen the show yet because that's what it was really made for. okay that that's my guess you know yeah 
where yeah. so you kind of got to make that stuff in black and white like real big where people, oh oh this is the gimmick you know whereas we as it, tv viewers when we watch a show we we pick up on it right away we we're letting we're letting the the audience in on the joke here that she's weird yeah because she's normal yeah you know? yeah that's what that was so yeah getting back to your saying about marilyn nah i mean she's not porsche to rossi bad i mean there's nothing nothing sinks as low as that but okay put, Stuart. yeah i want you to rank the marilyn's right now off the top of your head okay well the worst one is the one in the rob zombie film because there is none mm. um then there's because <laughs> he had the foresight to say i'm not putting one of the five key cast members in my film <laughs> along you just with can't Eddie. identify with her on any level you know? no it's like <laughs> children or, I, okay for a second there i thought you were ranking them by their age so uh, I, I got it now all right, all right so you were right, going right. going for the oldest sorry right. moon <laughs> that's lily but yeah Oh yeah, yeah, Lily. I'm sorry. Okay. You want to yeah, rank right. Lily's or Mons or Marilyn's? Which one? Let's let's rank Marilyn's, and then we can rank. Uh, then we get then you rank Lily's. <laughs> All right, Marilyn. I'll go. I'll go first. Um, worst is boy probably. Oh, but he's Portia de Rossi. Sorry, I just totally forgot about that for a second because it doesn't exist. Porsche the Rossi by absolute mile. Oh no, no, the other one. No, not Marilyn. Rossi. Marilyn, we're doing yeah, Marilyn yeah. first. Oh, fuck you, you got me mixed up. <laughs> yeah, that Marilyn in the Mockingbird Lane was the worst. I just Charity didn't care. Wakefield. Yeah, yeah. Charity yeah. Wakefield. Yeah, That's she it. was like a Tim Burton character. Yeah, like she was too. Weird. Oh, oh, oh. Speaking of Tim Burton, have you guys seen they released a uh, the pitch cast picture for the Adam New Adams family? Yeah, I did. No. I, yeah. I'm gonna send it. I'm gonna send it to our group in uh, Facebook, so anyone who hasn't seen it can see it. Yes, I didn't even I did know, that... know that. Yeah, I did not know that. Uh, I didn't know the guy who was playing Gomez was playing Gomez. Uh huh. Didn't even know there was a Adam Sami being done by Tim Burton. Yeah, for uh, Netflix, yeah. it's a series. For... Oh, was this the one Wednesday? Is this it? Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday. All oh, right. Um, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Are you serious? Nah, it's a joke, isn't it? Nope, that's Luis the Guzman is is Gomez. Oh boy, Sherry Moon zombie is laughing in the corner somewhere. I, I don't know. Captain Zeta Jones is like thirty years too old to be playing. <laughs> that no, role. she like, looks no, she looks okay. Is um, nah, I think she's too old. I'm going to say it. She's, I think she's older. I think she might be older. You think she might even be older than Cherry Moon Zombie. I think she might. Be. She is. Yeah, she is. Oh, she's, yeah. She's, she's damn near 60. Yeah. She's got to be. But uh, Louis Guzman as Gomez, what in the fuck is that? That is the worst thing I've seen. I don't hate it. You don't hate it. No. I. He looks like a freaking, like, he looks what like. What the fuck, man? Are we going to have to have do Adam's Family Month? No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Holy shit. I can't believe it. But there's been so many iterations of the Adams family, you know? It's been done so many different times. 
I thought this was a Photoshop job, job by Garrow somewhere. It was a joke. Nope. <laughs> oh, that is bad. Oh my god! It is almost as per- it is as, almost as perplexing as the first cast photo of of Rob Zombie's monsters. Oh no! It's it's yeah. <sighs> Fuck, that's bad. Ooh, it just is creepy. Doing man. the Adams family, Tim Burton doing the Adams family. It just seems too obvious, you know. Like that's yeah. one of those movies that people think he directed incorrectly, you know, the Adams Family and Adams Family Values. Yeah, yeah, they were they were they, uh, stylistically they were they were probably more influenced by like uh, Beetlejuice. Okay, yeah, I, I'm just just for the people watching. Um, yeah, I've just got to share this picture. This is just too crazy. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um. Just, just hang five. All right. Rob Zombie was sharing this on social media, so he's, he's <laughs> promoting he it. Fucking was. He's promoting it. Woo, man. Uh, he's about three foot tall. Uh, yeah. Holy fucking shit! That's crazy. I mean, we're just so used to like. Uh, uh, Aston and uh you know Raul Julia, uh, Raul Julia. yeah and because they're more taller but I guess in the cartoon he is kind of like a short kind of in the New Yorker you know. cartoon he squat like that and he yeah. has yeah. that yeah yeah I yeah. think like I didn't Hanna Barbera I didn't think do, I didn't hate uh, it. a cartoon of the Adams family for Scooby Doo I've and, got it and then they have the series looking like he does in the New Yorker cartoons yeah that's that's like a good point I didn't think of that I've actually got the Adams family so, um uh Thing I, entire series on Warner Brothers, you know my hand. And when they collection. did the the CGI animated movies, Gomez kind of was shorter and chubbier like that, like in the cartoon. Yeah, they got like, know, the but that's, art, I think, but that's because it's animated. You can get away with animation, but when you got someone who's literally real and five and three foot tall, yeah, okay, whatever. Anyway, um, okay, back to. Months to go home. Oh, right in the Maryland's. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, the worst one's at uh, Charity Wakefield. Worst one. Debbie Watson is going to be second last. I just don't like her. From memory, I think it was the one from Munster's Scary Little Christmas Next. Uh, the one from Munster. Uh, uh, Here Come the Munsters, sorry. After that, then I'm going to put Pat Priest. Man, I'm liking that one from Monster Go Home. She was a freaking cutie. I liked her a lot. You so mean Monster was... Today? A Monster Today. What did I say? You Monster said Monster Go Home. Go home. Oh, fuck. You got me jaded from that goddamn Gomez picture. <laughs> <laughs> Monsters Today. I'm sorry. Yeah. I really liked her. She was she was all right. And um, Beverly Owen is my favorite Marilyn. Um. Now rank think... your favorite Hermans. Oh, please. <laughs> no, I, I just want to see where the one from, from uh, Monsters Today ends up landing. <laughs> On the bottom, actually, he's pretty friggin' bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, Bill yeah. Hicks, Monster. No, thanks. <laughs> uh, anyway, Lily's worst is <laughs> Sherry Moon. 
Oh no, worse is Portia de Rossi. See, I keep forgetting about that fucking thing because it doesn't exist. <laughs> Portia de Rossi, Sherry Moon Zombie, um, uh, Monster Scary Little Christmas again. Here come the monsters. Um, monsters today, which was Lee Merriweather. I liked a lot as Lily. Yeah, I mentioned that. And of course, Yvonne De Carlo was, and uh, not Joan Marshall. She gets nothing. Just uh, not my. She doesn't exist. All right, is that it? Yeah. We happy? We happy. Do I rate the grandpas now? <laughs> we'll, we, we'll we'll wait until no, till no, we no. get the. We'll 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 go when monsters the Rob Zombie comes out. We'll go back and see if you stick with those because who knows? You might be like Sherry Moon's my favorite. I hate to say it. She won me over. It's gonna happen. I predict. You know. I yeah. Predict. Rank the spots. <laughs> all right anyway get mech the monster go home um yeah so basically they take a ship from america to england the premises monster hall is inhabited by uh lady monster and her two brat children who are actually full-grown adults freddie monster and uh grace monster and Freddie's played by Terry Thomas, who, if you need like a British guy with bad teeth, if you want to post a child fuzzy. for the NHS, <laughs> yeah, like if you want like your stereotypical hateful British man, like Terry T- Terry Thomas, excuse me, is the man for you. Like, and I, just... I actually heard a joke as a joke. He put the gap between his name Terry and Thomas to represent the gap between his two top teeth. I don't know how true that Wouldn't is. Wouldn't shock me. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. shock yeah, me. Surprising. Yeah. But he had a long and distinguished career um, mm. as an actor. He was in the Dr. Fives movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. And he was in he was in Danger Diabolic. I've not yep. seen that one. Um, really? No. Oh, Stu. Got to see Danger Diabolic. Here we go. Hi, Let's John. do a show on it. <laughs> got to do a show on everything, don't we? Diabolic, right? I mean, I'm not just, I'm not just uh, telling stories out of school here. Yeah, right. Okay. Um. So basically, the house or the the Munster Hall is inhabited by this family. Terry Thomas, Freddie Munster, was promised to be Lord Munster, so they try uh, on the advice of the mythical figure the griffin to um which griffin i wonder if that was a nod to the invisible man griffin Griffin. yeah the invisible figure unknown figure um i thought that was watching the film to basically scare them away send them back to america and then freddie munster becomes lord munster uh upon uh that Grandpa and Herman discover a counterfeiting ring in the uh, in the basement or the bowels of Munster Hall, which is uh, what the secret of Munster Hall is. Because you see these two guys going in there, it looks like to be on a nightly basis, just carrying uh, boxes and boxes of stuff out of there, but we never know what it is until we find out it's counterfeit money. Uh, what was the reason why it was being printed up again? Um, I don't remember. I don't even think they told you. Told us. Yeah, it was just. I think it was like to do crime. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, we've got this huge subplot with Marilyn meeting a guy on the ship, this Chad-looking guy. Um, and basically, yeah, he just seems to swan in and out of her life. And he winds up being the son of the Moresby's, who are the rival family to the Munsters. And it's just that whole subplot I don't like. I never have. Uh, what did you guys think of the subplot? Unnecessary. Yeah, thumbs down. Yeah, it was it was just to get the like teenage girls I think into the movie, you know, because mm. I it, it didn't appeal to like anybody with testosterone just blanks out during that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're going to get soda and popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Juju we call that beans. the piss break. <laughs> The piss break yeah. part of the movie. Mm. It's the um, band playing their new song. You know, you just duck out yeah. to the duck out to the. Piss. Although hundred thought, hundred thought it would that part though was like really romantic. He did. Yeah. So when, did. We, so when we actually talk about the monsters, he ducks out. When we talk about Meryl, and he's back in. <laughs> <laughs> he was like texting me while he was watching it, being like, "This is my favorite part of the movie." Yeah. Fuck all the monster stuff. I just want the romance. Geez, Al Lewis and Herman and Fred Gwynn are ruining this movie. I want Can more we just get Watson. rid of them? Yeah. I mean, I agree with the title of the movie. Monster, go home. But Lily, you stay. Not, you know. Marilyn. Yeah. Marilyn, 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 you stay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John, let's hear from you. Yeah. I, I think what was funny to me watching it now and watching it in widescreen on a DVD on a big TV is uh, noticing that it's basically backlot England at Universal Studios, and you can see the lovely California mountains <laughs> in the background during the during the drag race, uh, which I don't think those mountains exist in England anywhere. So it's kind of like Rumble in the Bronx in a way, the lovely mountains of New York in the mm-hmm. background. Or yeah. the mountains of it's, Dallas, uh, Stephen King's The Stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, but it's entertaining. I'm just, I see it. It's just juvenile fun. Uh, I really like the stuff of Grandpa turning into a wolf because the idea of vampires turning into a wolf is an almost forgotten part of that lore, and it's not really used in movies that much from my memory. And And I thought they did a good job of, making that a, a running gag and a, and a good joke. I thought that was pretty funny. The only other vampire movie that I remember that being super prominent in that's fairly recent was Coppola's Dracula. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They really did that a lot in uh, Dracula. Cause I think it's in the Stoker novel, but it's not used very often in movies. No, a lot of Dracula's are just based off of the Todd Browning Dracula. They use that as yeah. the basis for it, not the stuff. Which was novel. a stage play, so yeah, you know, that's what they they set off of. So mm-hmm. it's like you don't get the real cinematic, crazy Dracula stuff, like him turning into a wolf or or whatever. But um, so just so like there's been a few wolf, movies here and there that do that, but but um, but yeah, I thought that was good, and um, I like the ongoing gag of they're trying to scare the monsters, and of course it ends up scaring the the guys trying to pull the pranks and mm-hmm. uh pretty good introductory gag for the foreign audiences to the show um oh, that's it's, it's kind of great. a missed opportunity Skeletons. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of a missed opportunity, though, because I thought it would have been cool to have a British invasion band in the movie or... Um, what, what, like, save clock five, City. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Herman's Hermits or some shit, you know. And, oh, boy, uh, wouldn't that have been good? Actually uh, have a bank called Herman's yeah. Hermits with Herman <laughs> Munster, yeah. 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 Missed opportunity like right they there. Yeah, they didn't go for it because I don't think it, they spent any money on this thing. They probably spent the most money on the Dragula uh for george barris or whoever built the built the machine but um yeah i just thought there was a lot of things they could have done with it and it's obvious they weren't spending too much on this film so uh no no peter noon uh you know telling jokes to grandpa or anything like that or the dave clark five hanging out with him or or, or something fun mm-hmm. yeah so, so it's kind of like it spoofs uh a then 1960s american child's idea of england I think that's that's what's in there. It's like, oh, there's pubs and you know, there's uh, young couples hiding in hay, making out or whatever. So, you know, this is England and for you. Terry and Terry Thomas, Thomas. Is, is your evil cousin. You know, Terry Thomas the as the ghost. So when the ghost's up to you, going die, and it's got this huge gap between its teeth, you don't correlate right. him in the sheet and cousin Freddy. Okay, no worries then. But um, yeah, by the way. Did y'all notice? So there's that scene where Herman's in the drag race, right? And he's racing along and they're trying. Lily and grandpa are racing to go tell Herman that there's a plot to kill him. Right. The, the stunt doubles. Oh, yeah. They're oh, very was... obvious stunt doubles. Oh, yes. yeah. The last third but... of this movie seems to be mostly directed by second unit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is big time. But I just was watching this scene and they've got the the chickens out in the road and then stuntman grandpa and stuntman lily come roaring up and you know the chickens are supposed to scatter and get out of the way they don't (laughs) (laughs) and they just cream these chickens like these chickens did not survive (laughs) like they just go plowing through them and when you watch it frame by frame you could see the stuntman and it's Lily and Grandpa just grimacing the whole time after they go through this gaggle of chickens. Oh boy! Was, yeah. I was going, oh yeah, you couldn't do. No animals were harmed during this movie, no sir. <laughs> the AHA would have been after him, saying, oh, "Chicken." Well, it's funny because I was watching Rocky Two in uh, high def on uh, streaming, and there's the famous scene. Well, it's the forgotten Rocky sequel, but there's the somewhat famous scene of uh, Rocky is running. He's got the crowd of kids behind him. Yep. And if you look carefully enough, one kid gets trampled really bad. <laughs> it's like falls down. <laughs> it's running right over it. If you could only see this in high def, there was no way I could see this like in the old days watching it on a VHS or DVD or TV he's, broadcast. He's like the kid getting trampled in Potemkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Poor kid. Yeah. But as I mentioned earlier, oh, actually, before I get into what I was going to say, um, yeah, the famed Dragula makes its uh, first appearance in this film. It didn't dig through any dish- ditches or burn through any witches. No. So. No, no, I was, uh, was kind of disappointed. Yeah. There was no Phantom Empire robot 
dancing with anybody. I was disappointed. <laughs> or no, Phantom a... Creeps. Phantom Creeps. You have got to wonder how many times Rob Zombie has watched this film. Going, I want that Dracula. It's his one. favorite movie. It's his favorite movie. He lists it. You reckon? This is his favorite. No, no. Um, Monster Go Home. He lists Monster Go Home is his favorite movie. Rob Zombie. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised. It's up there with Omega Man and... Uh... Uh, what's the uh, plan of the 31 Apes. all the Chuck Heston <laughs> movies he loves uh-huh. yeah. Clockwork Orange that's the other movie he's obsessed with Clockwork Orange. oh yeah yeah from the yeah the video I yeah. tried watching Clockwork Orange and I kind of fell asleep halfway through it uh, <laughs> I mean I, should I go back a, no no okay. I, I don't I, I I'm not a massive Clockwork Orange fan I've seen it a couple of times but I've I mean, seen a few. It's not something. It's, I mean, it's worth watching. I mean, of course. But if yeah. you didn't, uh, it didn't. If it didn't do anything for you, I, I mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> I don't hold it. It's not. I don't think it's one of Kubrick's best. You know. Yeah, nah, it's not. No, it's not terrible. It's just. But it's a little. It's no. It's not. But it's just. It's a little bit. There. It's. It's a pretty sadistic movie. It's not very pleasant to no. sit through you know um, which when he made barry linden in the next one it's uh <laughs> clock orange put you to sleep boy barry linden's gonna put you in a coma i tell you i mean shining it's... after barry linden no, yes no, it was, yeah, 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 it was yeah shining was after barry okay yeah. yeah i guess he was trying to do something commercial by that point yeah mm. but um yeah this uh this dragula Looks fantastic. Did someone say Rob Zombie owns it? No? Yeah, I think he does. He I think he that. owns one of them. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, wow. He owns or a lot of George Miller's build a replica or something, or his, mm. his people build a replica. Mm. Because I was actually um, picked up uh, on the weekend a Rob Zombie two disc thing. It's the um, past, present, and future. I've been wanting it for years, and it just went out of print. And um, found it. One uh, actually at Dixon's. I found it there for eight bucks, and it's got. And that's the know, CD and DVD. Yes. Combo. Yes. And I was watching the the DVD version, the, the DVD disc last night, um, before I went to work, and I thought, man, this Dragula video is good, but I could swear I've seen another version of it with um, Monster Go Home footage inserted in it, or am I just nuts? Because the one a on this fan disc might is have not. Done it. Yeah. No, it's this is aired on TV on music channels. Mm-hmm. Un- I unless seen it, if it exists, it was a promo for Monster Go Home. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, TV station was doing. It. Yeah, they were, they were doing MTV was promote promoting it. Yeah, <laughs> but so basically, yeah, uh, the counterfeiting ring is found out by Herman and uh, Grandpa. Um, then there's the race. At the end, that runs about I don't know twenty minutes or so. I guess yeah. twenty five minutes. It's uh not exactly episode one pod race length, but it's quite long. And um and and like like Garrow said, it feels very second unit because any shot that's of a car doing car stuff, it's a stuntman. And anytime you see uh. Anytime you see Fred Gwynn, it's it's him with rear projection going. 
know? Yeah. Well, actually, one of the, um, or the Matt supervisor in this film was Albert Whitlock. Psycho 2, Albert Whitlock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he a, lot, been... a lot of stuff. Whitlock's been working on stuff since, what, the 50s. So, oh, that well, early. He was, I think he was Universal's Matt guy. Yeah, he, he was around a long time. Okay. So it was probably Hal Needham playing Herman Munster most of that that last <laughs> 20 minutes. You reckon? He was driving with the... Probably, or Craig Baxley, or his father, or um, Mickey Gilbert. So any any stuntman who specialized in uh, car racing, they'd have to put uh, Herman mock Hal... up on it. Wouldn't it be funny if Hal Needham was playing Lily? <laughs> Might have been. He's he's the one who ran over those chickens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Burt Reynolds. Well, Needham always did the most dangerous stuff because he was like one of the crazier stuntmen doing nutty stuff at the time. It was Buddy Van Horn as Lily Monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buddy Joe Hooker. Buddy Joe Hooker played Lily Monster. Oh, Buddy Joe Hooker. That's something off. Yeah, not Buddy yeah. Van Horn. Different. Yeah, different Buddy. Um. Anyway, one thing I noticed as well was uh, when Roger Moresby is kidnapped and his spot is replaced by the Griffin uh, in his car, there is a close-up of the hands in the gloves gripping the steering wheel and the arms are very hairy. Uh, When we find out who the Griffin is, boy, if the Griffin has got hairy Mm -hmm. arms... That individual has got some serious problems. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But um, yeah. It's kind of like Ace Freely in uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> he's uh, he's mel- he's melanin uh, counterpart. Yeah. 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 But um, as I mentioned before, I watched about the first 25 minutes in color and then thought, I'm just going to drain the color out of this thing and just see how it plays in black and white and flip uh, back and forth between it every 15 minutes or so. And uh, this film plays better in black and white. I would imagine. It does. It, it just it lends itself more to the image. When I would flip back to color, it was just too stark it was it was the colors in this film were too saturated yes that sort of counteracts what i said a few weeks back about the rob zombie trailer compared to monster go home but compared to when you watch this in black and white and you pop back into color it's a it's a stark contrast it's 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 too stark well i'll bet you rob zombies movie looks better in black and white that was something I was going to do. I, I think I mentioned it. I'm going to literally play it in black. I'm going to, uh, you know, in the two hours and 40 minutes that we are blessed to have the running length of that film, supposedly. Um, yeah, I'm going to flip back between color and black and white. And that By one. the way, are, are you guys ready for Johnny Mnemonic in black and white? No. I wasn't ready for nah, it. I'm not going to buy it. First time it came out. Yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> that's not, I've that's never not seen on, it. at the top of your wish list right now. Just came out no. on Blu ray. Johnny Mnemonic in black and it's, white. It's, it's not even in my top 10 beat Takeshi movies. Did you did you ever watch Johnny Mnemonic and go, I just think this would be good if it looked like a, Take- uh, a, a Shinya Sukamoto film? If it looked like Tetsuo the Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember like when, when that movie was coming out, like we were kind of like, oh, this could be cool. Cause I think it was post speed for Keanu. And it was Reeves, written by or, William Gibson. Yeah. yeah. And it like, you know, it beat Takeshi in it. And it was like, oh, it sounds like it could be really cool. And then just I remember seeing it at the theater and just being like, this thing's a fucking bore. It's terrible. <laughs> you know, it terrible. was, it was it's awful. Yeah. It's got Henry I Rollins mean, in it, your favorite. Oof. Yeah, non actor. <laughs> non singer either. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Mnemonic's not a good movie. Not at all. I don't, I don't think you can do anything to improve it. If it was in black and white, you just it that that's that's what was missing the whole time. But I think every bad movie me. It just baffles me. I, I don't know. There's a cult, a cult around following. it. Is there? Is there really a cult around it? Craig Cohen is the leader. He is because <laughs> I heard him on the Dolph Lundgren podcast talking about how many times he'd seen it. He's the leader of this cult. Blame him. Okay, I didn't know it had a cult. That's why it coming out in black and white on Blu-ray baffled Neither me. Neither did I until I heard that Lundgren podcast. I didn't know. And I heard Craig talking about how many times he'd seen it. I was like, "Wow, it's crazy." Everything man. has a cult. I heard if you every, watch 31 every... and Lords of Salem in black and white, they're actually good movies. Well, we know that. I mean, Someone was lying to you. <laughs> Stewart's the leader of the three from hell cult. You know? Yeah. Hey, I, yeah, you I gave it a 10. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. I'm the leader of the Super Mario Brothers, the movie cult. You know? Oh, God, man. I don't think I, I could ever sit through that film. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I actually... wanted to see that when I was a kid. And it came and went out of theaters so fast that I've never seen it. That Super Mario Brothers Blu-ray, the umbrella release was at Dixon's for five dollars on Sunday. I said, no, no Oh, thanks. I imported I imported that sucker. Oh, I got it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Garo, you have to see Super Mario Brothers the movie. It's it's uh, uh-huh. it's something else. Yeah, when it came like I remember I was super excited to see it as a kid. And then it just like it was in and out of theaters like within a week. Like Garrow and I, I'll tell you what, Hunter and John, you review Super Mario Brothers, a film. Garrow and I will review (laughs) Super Hornio Brothers, the one with Ron Jeremy as Mario. (laughs) Gosh, they released him concurrently. Did they actually release? Are you are you making that up or is that true? No, it's a a true film. (laughs) Super Hornio Brothers. <laughs> Good casting. I got to give him that. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, that was well, uh, on the level of what was that one? <laughs> this ain't the monsters. It was it's not, this ain't the monsters. It's not the monsters. <laughs> Again, you got a Jew playing an Italian. I think so. Yeah, it's, it's a John. Yeah, Leguizamo you got you got John John Leguizamo. John Legu John uh, James Franco can't play Castro. Leguizamo playing Luigi. <laughs> well, now you got Chris Pine, uh, known Italian, playing uh, Mario. No, that's uh, Chris. Uh... Oh, Chris. No, Chris, uh, the Star Lord. Yes, the Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Uh, well, whose name? name? I can't remember. Chris. Chris, Chris uh, Pratt? Is that his name? Chris Pratt. Pratt. Chris yes. Pratt. Yes, he's, Chris Pratt. He's playing Mario. And is he yeah. going to do Chris Pratt or is he going to go, ha ha, it's a me, you're Mario. I heard, he watched, I heard he watched House of Gucci like 12 times in a row <laughs> just to get a good Italian accent. <laughs> he's going to sound like Steve Martin in My Blue Heaven. 
Arugula. Yeah. It's a vegetable. <laughs> What's um? Is there a new Super Mario Brothers film? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's animated. Oh. It's animated. Oh, are you, are you okay. ready for Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong? <laughs> I'm not ready for Seth. <laughs> hey, hey! I'm gonna throw these barrels. Hey, at I'm you. gonna throw a barrel. Can I hey. smoke them? <laughs> oh boy who else is in it it has a lot of people in it uh oh gosh joaquin phoenix yeah bill murray <laughs> lady gaga dave Chappelle, um madonna uh john carradine this um, this one okay charlie day is luigi uh who's just gonna scream fred, fred armison is cranky kong keegan michael key is toad and i i know i know you're ready for this john jack black is bowser <laughs> oh is he gonna scream a lot yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. but it but it's the bowser from shana nice playing no, uh, there you go <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and Anya Taylor Joy as Princess Peach. Hmm. Yeah. And Charles oh, Barnett, who does the voice of Mario the game. Those, any other names or faces straight? Like just uh, whatever. Simplify your John's, name, for God's sake. John John doesn't care about any cartoons ever since Charles Nelson Riley was voicing them. That's it. That was his cutoff. Charles <laughs> Nelson Riley not not that's, voicing that's about my it. I don't care. Date. Yeah. That's right. But I will tell you, I think everybody's going to look back on Super Mario Brothers uh, with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo and say, we're sorry when that one comes out. I think they're going to give an apology and they're going to go, you know, we didn't realize it was genius to have Dennis Hopper shooting dudes with a laser and turning them into monkeys. I think people are going to be leaving Blu-ray copies of the movie on Bob Hoskins' grave as as penance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which John Leguizamo claims Hoskins was like hammered the whole time <laughs> when they were shooting. He said yeah. that they were drinking on set. Got uh, a son for you. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh get boy. get get it out of here. He's in, he's in prison for rape. Now. He's, he's wearing prison outfit now. Yeah, he's in prison for rape. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There you go. All right. All right. Look, uh, I think we're done with months to go home. It'd be as minimal mm -hmm. as it was. It was uh, always going to be a padded out episode. Uh, yeah. Time to rate this film. Um, Fun fact I noticed about this film. This film runs 96 minutes and 14 seconds. Monster's Revenge runs 96 minutes and 14 seconds. That's uh, that's some crazy shit. Someone let Alex Jones know. How <laughs> think he can afford to, to know? <laughs> He'll get right. sued by sure. Universal. I know. Yeah. But what if? What if can I just? Lately. Can I just say what if Rob Zombie's Monsters movie is ninety six minutes and fourteen seconds? It won't be because he it doesn't know. He, no, not happening. <laughs> It'll be 196 Butch, minutes, 14 seconds. Yeah, Butch Patrick was claiming it's like two and a half hours. I don't know about that, but... I heard it's 666 minutes. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, boy. it's 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 a super beast of a movie. Oh, Don, yeah. it'll probably right, be the right, tagline. No mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no joke. I own six hundred and sixty-six Cardano right now coins. Wow. I so own. I, I'm gonna have to buy more to make sure that bad luck ends for Cardano and it actually goes up in price again. Hey, I got a, I got a question for you for about about this movie. What are the odds that you think the song Dragula is gonna be in the Rob Zombie movie? What are the odds? Out, out of a hundred, I'm gonna say. Um... Eight million three hundred twenty-four thousand one hundred sixteen. It's guaranteed. It's one of those things where why wouldn't he? I mean, he gets a nice big check from it if he puts it in there. He wrote a song about it. I mean, I would be kind of, I would be very surprised if it was not in there. Even though what it seems too obvious. Are we I don't actually think he can help himself? Question: Are we going to get a soundtrack to this film at all? No, uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I did he do the oh well? Let's look at the monsters IMDb page, the new one. Do they list who is uh, who? Like, is there like a person who did music for it, or was it him? If he mm, did the music, probably like Mark Tyler, Tyler Bates. Tyler Bates. <laughs> then oh, there probably. might not be a soundtrack. Oh, I'm, I'm, you're just making up. <laughs> Hans Zimmer, it'll just be a bunch of bass notes. Composer. Yeah. Zeus. What? Oh, it's Zeus. Zeus. That's his produce. That's the guy who produces his records. Okay, yeah. He okay. did the yeah. music for it. So there might be a soundtrack. Yeah, if it's Zeus, then I would imagine we're getting like a curated soundtrack, probably. Because mm -hmm. he, he works with like Hatebreed. Yeah, he he did 31, Three from Hell. <sighs> um yeah, but he's he's a record producer. Again, he just can't break away from the fold. He just he just can't say, "Sorry, Zeus, this time this is a big property of Universal's. I'm just going to go with someone else." Oh, the, like the, 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 whole, the Halloween Hoot Nanny scene. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the whole thing is is just him making a movie with his friends. I mean, it's amazing that Universal even gave him the little amount of money they did to make this. I guess they're just kind of testing the waters to see that, how much interest there is in monsters to say, like, is there enough interest just to keep Rob Zombie keep doing this? Or is this something that we should, like, actually make a real movie with, like, a real star and all that and try to go that route? I think they're really just testing the waters with this. But the, the thing is, Garo, if they do that, they now, well, really, if they're going to keep, if they, let's, let's say in some alternate reality, the film's a hit. Okay, mm -hmm. and it's loved. Even all the four of us go. <laughs> this film is fantastic. Okay, uh -huh. so it's a it's a far out reality, alternate mm -hmm. reality. Seeing Pat Do, Priest in the cast list for this, oh, he couldn't help himself. Is she alive? Get her in the film to do I heard what? He, I heard he dug up Fred Gwynn. Airlines announcer. <laughs> Dug up Fred Gwynn, dug up Yvonne DiCarlo, dug up Al Lewis. They're in the movie too. The skeletons so you see so in the background. <laughs> He's actually going to have the panels like he has in Monster. They got Monster Go Home. It's going to be uh -huh. the actual corpse of Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis. <laughs> yep. yep. 
Oh man. Um, anyway, my question was: the film is loved. Are Universal now bound to having Rob Zombie and Sherry Moon Zombie and Jeff Daniel Phillips and Daniel Roebuck in this cast, which, hey, you know, don't look too flash. I agree. Yeah. I, I think I think if it gets if it does really well for Universal, like money wise, but it's like one of those things where the critics don't like it. I think they'll be like, you know, let's reboot this in a couple of years and do it right. If yeah. it's just hated and it doesn't do well, they're just going to be like, well, I guess the monster's a dead property IP for us. So mm-hmm. we're just going to keep this aside for now. Hmm. Yep. And if it does, and, and there's a, a mid part in there where, where Rob Zombie gets to make a sequel. And I'll be very surprised if we get another Rob Zombie monsters thing, but it could happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the way it happens is if it does well for like Netflix, Netflix will be like, hey, Universal, we want a, a sequel. We'll pay you for it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the best case scenario for Rob Zombie getting a sequel. And if the film tanks the sequel, which we're talking, we're way off the mark. But if it does, you'll go. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was the same experience as Halloween too. I was forced to make it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. my vision. <laughs> Anytime it goes good, Halloween this, two this... is totally his vision. Did, did he yeah, say that about Halloween too? He goes, "Oh, yeah, yeah. I was hamstrung, and you know, it wasn't exactly what I wanted." That's, I was. I, I have a hard time believing he was forced to make that. That that movie seems like just him doing whatever he wanted with hunter it is that he has got the kevin smith effect when it sucks it's everyone else's fault but his when it's good it's all him yeah yeah it's yeah i i believe that i believe that you know what as horrible as a as a human being joel schumacher was for the obvious reason that fucker at least took responsibility when he made a bad film (laughs) he even said i i put my hand up I was there. I made the film. I'm responsible for it. Fucking Rob Zombie and and John. Kevin Smith. Nope. John, say it. Batman and Robin. Robin. Batman and Robin. George <laughs> Clooney. <laughs> Alfred's sick. <laughs> I, I should wear a turtleneck just so I could do it. Go, Alfred's sick. Alfred. That shit. Actually. That needs to be a, a soundbite on the soundboard. <laughs> we need to rate months to go home. I forgot the title of the film there for a second. <laughs> Look at Fred Gwynn's face here. That's what I am at the moment. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's his face when he heard he, Rob Zombie was doing the film. All right. Don't worry about Rob Zombie. Enough, enough. All right, I, um, Hunter. What do you give this? I give it a uh, seven. Solid, uh, you know. If you like the monsters, actually, I'm like gonna, it. it's going to be no, better. No, no. Stop. No sevens because that's an easy number. I when I used to watch Kevin Samuels before he carved it, he used to always say to women when they rate themselves, "You can't rate yourself a seven. That's too easy." So no mm-hmm. rating of a seven in this one. Well, the rest All of the right. series, by the way. So. Six okay. or down six. or eight number six. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a six. It is a uh solid if you like the monsters, classic monsters, you'll enjoy it. it. Has some weak points like Maryland, but 
there's a lot of fun in there too a lot of good jokes um i really like the stuff with them trying to scare the monsters out of the uh monster hall i like the dragula stuff um there's some good jokes in there i think the monsters work better in color in a shorter format but there's a lot to like here in color in a shorter format in, in black and white excuse me okay black and white. yeah i was gonna say That's what i meant sorry not in color <laughs> yeah john uh six and a half uh it's a nostalgia you know childhood thing uh but honestly i'm, I'm way more entertained by the show like half yeah. half hour black and white you know short and sweet a lot of jokes packed in i think is better than once you put them in color widescreen 96 minute running time it starts to stretch the concept what it wasn't meant for you know i think a little bit of monsters goes a long way yeah you know like mm -hmm. one episode like oh rob rob zombie that please yeah <laughs> get, tell him to get he the movie down to 28 two minutes hour day glow <laughs> monsters posters what he wants <laughs> all right actually before i get your your rating garo you got sony vegas right yeah the program yeah would you be willing to chop down rob zombies film to 25 minutes as a as yeah a, I, I do that as an episode and see how it plays yeah i could do if you if you want because because we, we were talking about how like it might be a little while before we review it because of certain things mm. and uh if that happens what i'll do is i'll send a uh you, you know we'll, we'll have the original version we'll have my version and then we can review both versions <laughs> which we why is this thing only running 48 seconds oh it's the credits <laughs> it's the very end credits <laughs> but yeah i'd be i'd be happy i'm impressed <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to make my own version, edit my own version of the monster. A twenty-five minute one, not 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 yeah. not not forty-eight seconds. Yeah, as a yeah, joke. I'll, I'll I'll get I'll get it down to to like a episode because I think the episodes were are like what are they like 27, 28 minutes. No, 25. So I'll try to I'll, 25. twenty-five. I'll try to get it. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try. Yeah, I'll try to get it into into like that box as better best as I can. It'd be like, uh, hey guys, here's my. Uh, here's my edit of Rob Zombie's film. Why is it following <laughs> three megabytes? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gara, what's your rating? YouTube videos that are larger than this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, I was always going to give it a six, so I didn't go down one. I was, I thought um, it took me a little while to get used to no laugh track because I was used to that. Um, it, I think, uh, all the Maryland stuff should go if i was gonna do an edit of this movie all that would be gone um i feel i felt that the race went on too long it was too much second unit it was like wacky races with one wacky racer um <laughs> that's a good that's a good way of putting it yeah and um i i just felt it went on too long and it kind of dragged the movie because it's like you the one thing you like about uh the monsters is the interplay between the monsters and and mm. the and the squares out in the real world and um and then but you just end up watching like a wacky race go on and you're just like okay this isn't really what i'm what i like to watch the monsters for mm. um you know it was kind of like oh we're making a movie so we got to make it bigger but they kind of take away the charm of the monsters by doing that uh mm. so you know, I'm sure, but you know, it's still got Fred Gwynn in it and all the people you love, and those parts are good. It's like it's like a good 50 minute monster movie that has like 40 minutes of just fat on it for me. The 
the one thing I noticed with the color monsters is it, and in high def as well, it really shows the age of the actors. Like Yvonne de Color was her face was really starting to sag a bit. Starting um, to become very Sherry Moon zombie like. Yeah, right. yeah, but still much better looking than <laughs> Sherry Moon zombie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could tell that the caked on makeup was hiding. And boy, when we get to the Monsters Revenge next week from '81. Yeah, you're going to see a very different Lily. But, um... Also, also, do you know that this movie, it's failing at the box office, killed a Get Smart movie they were planning on making? Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. They're going to go the that, Get Smart that. route again after that piece of crap from last time. <laughs> they just don't learn. Oh, oh, the Steve Carell one? That's the one I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Some yeah, get things... smart movie in the sixties would have been great. Oh that yeah, would, that would have worked. Absolutely, yeah. I actually saw a nude bomb at the drive-in when it when it came out, and was uh, what is this film? He's called yeah. Maxwell Smart, <laughs> but there's no Barbara Feldon. There's no um, what's the chief's name? In real life, um, Ed Platt. Ed Platt. Who I think was too. Thank sick. you. I think he was too sick at the time. Right. But right. Um, Mel Brooks said he wasn't even asked to consult on it. Which he would have done. He and Buck Henry would have gladly helped the movie out, and they didn't even ask. Boy, him. would that have been a hell of a lot better with those two on board? But uh... and then Mel said he reminded them Blazing Saddles couldn't be made today. Yes. No way. <laughs> yeah. He wanted you to know that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Hey, b- before we go, can I bring up something? Well, I'll I, uh... give my rating if you don't mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then when you do that, I want to tell you I've been listening to a podcast I want to share with you guys. All right. Uh, is so, this going to involve me going on the long, no, on the timeline? No, no, and, no okay, thank no. you. Dumb no, button, no, has nothing. Dumb button, finger Sue, right now. I, I've got, I'm watching the time on the recording. Don't worry, John. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love this film, uh, duh, and I, I can watch it over and over and over. Watching it in black and white this time, though, made me think: Am I going to watch it in color next time? Because I really enjoyed the black and white look. It was great. Um, but hey, you got that option in TV. You can either watch it in black and white, or you can watch it in its original color. I'm going to give this um, nine point nine, not quite ten. But Why, were you just possessed by Rob Zombie right now? Boy, because I gave it a high ratings. No, because I love this film. I have done since I was a kid. Okay, uh, okay. Yes. So, so is it your yeah, favorite movie though? Crucify me if Rob Zombie and I have something in common. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The well, you both love audio. Three from Hell. <laughs> True. I'm not going to leave that one down, am I? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Can I go back and re-rate it a zero? <laughs> no, too late. <laughs> oh, actually, speaking of re-rating, I must do something. I'm going to re-rate something from about six years ago that we did, which was um, I listened to the, the vinyl copy I bought at about a month or two back, of Walk Among Us by The Misfits. Yeah. Um, I rated that album, I think, a four or five um, for some reason. Um, I need to go back and re-rate that a nine. I think I was a bit too harsh on it the first time around. Yeah, I, I like that say. record. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave it a four or something, and Hunter dropped off his chair and then was revived and said, what's wrong with you? Yeah, but, um, probably. I like You did. But yeah, I need to. Uh, yeah, I gotta go back. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but yeah, I'm giving that a nine. 
It's um. You were just like, no Danzig, no thanks. <laughs> well, no, he's on that Walk Among Us, that album. Danzig. Oh, Walk Among Us. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, I'm not writing the Devil's Rain nine. <laughs> no, Devil, yeah. Devil's Rain sucks. That's a that's, that's a, a one. Piece of crap. That's absolutely awful. Devil's Rain's unlistenable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but I do like American Psycho, even with that cover <laughs> you pointed out to me when you go, the uh. The uh, Kim, Crimson Ghost going, come here, I've got something to show you. I've got a car I want to sell you on the front cover. Yeah. <laughs> that I never thought about that when I saw it. No, I like the Michael Graves ones. Yeah, yeah, one of them. I don't like I Famous Monsters. I think it's awful. The Fiend Club is the... Uh... Anyway, Garo, you were going to say... Okay, there's a, okay, there's a podcast out that I was like, okay... I'm interested in the subject matter, so I'm going to listen to it. It's called Downloaded, The Rise and Fall of Harry Knowles. Because who wouldn't want to hear a podcast about Harry Knowles? I think I heard you know about I mean? this. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I'm listening to it. Is it by Razor Fist? No, no, no. No, no. it's okay. Right, so. I'm listening to it. And you start to re- you start to hear the guy who did the, the, the podcast politics. And you're like, okay, he's a friggin' libtard. And uh, and then you get to a point where he's talking about there was a writer for uh, Ain't It Cool News called Joe Hallenbach, who um, wrote a review for what we were talking about earlier, Batman and Robin. And he talks about how during the screening of Batman and Robin, he said, uh, yelled out in the theater, death to Joel Schumacher. <laughs> so, OK, so then the guy who does the podcast, he's like, this was done in a more innocent time. You know, not a time like now where that time of rhetoric uh, would lead to like people going to the nation's capital on January 6th and start riot. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is the most retarded podcast I've ever heard that's, in my fucking entire life. That's quite a leap to make. Oh, and he makes yeah. those leaps all the time. Like, I mean, he's pretty much trying to link Ain't It Cool to January 6th throughout pretty much the whole pod episodes of the podcast and i'm doing and he, the i'm he, doing the tucker carlson face right now yeah <laughs> not only that like he likes to point out when anyone is a republican like he talks about and then harry knowles used to be a writer for matt drudge on his drudge report yeah. doing Fame uh noted know, noted conservative harry knowles harry who knowles. threw drudge under the bus because when it became fashionable to do so and then, and then he's like, one time at the Buttonumathon, Megan McCain showed up to it. Ooh. And it's like, you know, it's it's like he doesn't even understand that most Republicans hate Megan McCain. You know? no, <laughs> it's she's, like he's like Liz Cheney, you know. Yeah. And and it's the whole thing is like that of just him trying to like be like the whole ain't it cool, and the talkbacks and all that got trump to be president that's pretty much what the whole the whole uh podcast is pretty much about and it's so fucking ridiculous and it's just like all i wanted to hear was some good like juicy harry knoll stories and it's just it's basically just like 10 hours of libtardness at its most extreme well and and it's just it's it's a and the other thing is if you're going to do a podcast and you're going to talk to people and all this you should try to actually talk to the person you're doing the podcast about and interview them 
And like through the whole thing, he does not interview Harry Knowles at all. Does not try to get Harry Knowles' side of the story or anything, which is just bad journalism. It's just bad well, fucking journalism right well, there. Well, it's a hit piece. He's just yeah. wanting to, to you know, okay, if you want to get somebody to, if you want to get mainstream audiences to hate something, you know, you just sort of try to draw a connection mm -hmm. to Trump and January 6th. Yeah. And it, even if it doesn't make sense, because, you know, Harry's flagrantly left wing, like mm -hmm. nakedly so. Like you can't. I'm going to say Harry Knowles and naked together, please. I'm about to have lunch. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> and, and, but then what happens is the, the last episode is him interviewing Harry Knowles. But Harry Knowles was the one who actually went and contacted him. And he just was like, I guess I have to interview Harry Knowles now and get his side of the story. And okay. it's just like, literally, that's what Wait, the horrible I want to take the stance. I want to take the stance. I'm not going to defend that podcast. But I'm going to take the stance of a YouTube viewer who sees Munster Go Home and goes, well, I'm going to get a good review on Munster Go Home. And all I get is talk about Rob Zombie. Shouldn't they have Rob Zombie on there to interview and get his side of the story? <laughs> We'd love to have Rob Zombie, but he'd never come on here. But what if Rob Zombie contacts us and says, yeah, I want to come on and get my piece. Yeah. It's like, yeah, of course. I got to defend we're actually, myself. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually reviewing movies and stuff like that. We're not doing investigative podcasts about Rob Zombie. Maybe so we should. After that, watching maybe, this maybe we should. Maybe we'll. Maybe after we see how Munsters is, we might. If it, depending on how bad it is, we might do a ten. Oh wait, episodes. so thirty one gets a pass. Lords of Salem gets a pass. Halloween two gets a pass. But when it comes to the Munsters, we're going to investigate this shit right now, are we? we it's all cumulative. It. It's cumulative. Yeah, yeah boy, that's, you a, know? that's a hell of a snowball effect right there. And the other thing about the Harry Knowles podcast. There were no stories about his bad hygiene, which is legendary. We never hear one story about that. Yeah. And we never hear stories about how he's a bad tipper. Never heard any of those either. Well, so it was like bad, not even for hear that. I, I'm a bad tipper as well. I'm awful. I just yeah. I am no I am I am the Harry doesn't tip of... waitresses at all. He doesn't tip them at all, and he's real demanding. Very demanding. Oh, I'm not demanding. I, I'm just a shitty tipper. Yeah. You know, I did find when I was in America. Australians are very, very disliked because they're bad tippers. Um, yeah. And uh, the story I may have brought before, when I landed in DFW, uh, the airport there, what's it called? DFW. DFW. Yeah? DFW. Uh, I was waiting for Joe Cole to pick me up, and the old <laughs> the old black fella goes, would you like a hand with your cases? So yeah, they're great. Thanks. And I put some on this still trolley, and then pushed them over to where I was meeting Cole. And he starts staring at me. I said, you're right. He just stares at me. <laughs> He's waiting for me. I said, are you right? Are you after anything? And he just walks off disgusted. I thought, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? <laughs> oh. And Cole goes, oh. oh. I said, I was telling Cole, so he goes, oh, yeah, he was waiting for a tip. I said, oh, oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. You thought he was just being nice. I really did. I thought, no, that's what a, what a nice... What a nice guy, but uh, a nice with a hidden guy. agenda, fuck off. If you get He's your... helping me out with no expectation of anything in return. What a, when what he a stared at me, fellow. I thought, what do you fucking want? But, uh, okay. <laughs> because I'm telling you now, um, if you guys ever come to Australia, you don't get that. There ain't people come around to 
uh, you know, with their hand out like some Guatemalan third world going, uh, yeah. uh, uh. no, it's different here. Yeah, people don't come out. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so we've all rated this film. So week two, done. If we're still here, week three, uh, mm-hmm. it'll be The Monster's Revenge from 1981, the one I think I'm looking yeah. forward to the most. I'm looking forward to that one because I remember watching that yeah. one when I was a kid. Very yeah. Cool. I've never seen it, so. Never seen it? Should nope. be interesting to hear your take on it. Uh, 15 years after this one, after this Monster Go Home. So uh, the older... And uh, puffier monsters. Mm-hmm. Yes. The With no Butch Patrick. No Butch Patrick. Oh, no. Butch Patrick's long gone. And, yep. uh Oh, shit. I forgot to rate Marilyn for months to go home. Next week, you can make a new list. I'll make my new list. Yes. I forgot yeah. about it. I, was, I just didn't blank the film out because it's bad. Believe me, you're going to find out it's not bad. But, um, yeah, I just forgot all about Joe McDonald. Hmm. Yeah, I'm re-ranking the Marilyns next week. <laughs> the re- that's the whole reason he come back. There you go. All right. All right, gang, we're going to wrap it up. Um, we've got a Ko-Fi page down below. If you are not horrified enough to still donate to this show, we do need uh, help with this thing financially. Um, so we're asking for some donations. That would be much appreciated. Uh, listen for my episodes on watch this movie shout out to those guys to uh, eric and brett for um having me on the uh the point in time this recording the three hour and 12 minute repo man episode just dropped uh yeah so give them a listen uh shout out to those boys and we will say see you later listen for the nez adios alfred sick <laughs> And now, it's time for Rue, Britannia, with your foreign correspondent, The Nez. In a move that will surprise nobody other than those who think that Oprah Winfrey will pick up an invitation to a royal funeral, and she'd certainly suck off to win a naked spoon race just to do it, the nation stopped on Thursday evening when the nation's longest-serving monarch passed away at the age of 96. All very sad. Though especially as equally sad as the shortfalling of her children. These days, however, the problems her children brought upon her shoulders compare rather mildly with the problems brought upon her shoulders by Avisa Peron and her wife, Harry. Having frankly cold-bloodedly refused to visit the monarch at Balmoral Castle in their final days, the type of ruthlessness that kept Trimmer composing Dominic Dunn and Gucci loafers, the Markles then proceeded to get it into her heads, that apparently the British public was begging them to actually return and that all was frankly forgiven. <laughs> Some hope. <laughs> the Markles, the trashiest, moaniest, most mouthiest, most miserabliest, most schemingest, most ambitious, most degraded ex-royals since the Clampets moved out of Beverly Hills because of illegal immigration. 
When the Vita Peron gets caught in public snapping at royal court using the walkabouts, and she doesn't really know what royal protocol actually is and how it works, then I'm inclined to write her off as a caprice in Melda Marcos. And in the words of the old girl herself, quote-unquote, get me my fucking shoes. Just like Megan. Anyway, as befits ten days of mourning, public events are cancelled, flags are lowered, cortege is arranged, vigils held, remains laid in repose, lefties punched, GB News begs for viewers, the Duchess of Wessex looks amazing, proclamations declared, news cancelled, corgis rehoused, and much more besides. Ten days. Not a lot can happen in ten days, thankfully. Anyway, even the idea of a historic wall funeral needs local colour. Black immigrant community racist footballer Trevor Sinclair got sacked the game after effectively using the death of the monarch in order to basically say that Frankie Bealham was fantastic, he wasn't going to basically cry for her majesty the Queen, and that frankly the black immigrant community was indeed not going to basically pay condolences to her majesty the Queen. He lost his job again, and frankly you'll never see or hear from Trevor Sinclair ever again. Which is nice. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson was as diplomatic as usual in stating that in his final meeting with the monarch, she was quote-unquote clearly ill. Fuck me, he's a doctor as well, who knew? And Labour leader Keir Starmer played both pro and con by praising the life and legacy of the Queen, whilst actually basically keeping a lid on his own MPs who demand the end of the monarchy once and for all. Bunny and Marley, Labour MPs think the monarchy should be shot. Further notes in passing, the National Rail Dispute, which is currently ongoing, was effectively suspended following the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Big of them. All hard. All public chains and businesses will close on Monday in accordance with the date of the funeral. Which is good news, since my local multiplex is basically then therefore denied a further screening of Clark's free. And Liz Truss became Prime Minister. Nobody noticed. Not even shit. And finally, to concede with a final tribute to the old lady, I do think, I do find in times of grief, it's always best to basically read the first of the Holy Bible. Luke 19.17 His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Pax. Thank you for listening to the Midnight Movie Cowboys. For more information, go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com. For feedback, comments, or show suggestions, go to midnightmoviecowboys at gmail.com. Like what you hear? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Hear us on Stitcher Radio. Head over to stitcher.com and download the app. Want to help the show out? Head on over to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and hit the PayPal donate. We appreciate all donations of any denomination. Find us on Twitter at MMCowboys. Like us on Facebook. Head over to facebook.com type in Midnight Movie Cowboys. Hit the like button over there. Want to friend us personally on Facebook or follow us on Twitter? 
go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and find the links from there on the right-hand side. Thanks for listening. See you all next week.